Earth. Fire. Air. Water. When I was a boy, my father, Avatar Aang, told me the story of how he and his friends heroically ended the Hundred Year War. Avatar Aang and Fire Lord Zuko transformed the Fire Nation colonies into the United Republic of Nations, a society where benders and non-benders from all over the world could live and thrive together in peace and harmony. They named the capital of this great land Republic City. Avatar Aang accomplished many remarkable things in his life. But sadly, his time in this world came to an end. And like the cycle of the seasons, the cycle of the Avatar began anew. Flamio, hot men! Welcome to the Ember Island Podcast, the show where two fans of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra talk about every single episode. I'm Leslie. And I'm Barbara. And today, I am so excited because we are finally getting to The Legend of Korra after wrapping up The Last Airbender. So we are going to be kicking this off with Book One Air, Chapter One, Welcome to Republic City. Yay! I'm so excited. So before we get into it, we should talk about spoiler policy because if you're not new to this podcast, it has changed. So what's going on? Oh, Okay. So, um, a bit of a bit of background. Leslie has watched the entire series of The Legend of Korra, but Barbara, me, has not. So, uh, so uh, our so our spoiler policy has 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 changed. Where where everything from Avatar: The Last Airbender is fair game. Uh, you should have watched Avatar: The Last Airbender in its entirety before listening to this. We are definitely going to talk about a lot of different analogs, uh, but uh, we are going to try very hard. As in, Leslie is is going to try very hard not to spoil anything that happens in future Korra episodes. Therefore, spoilers. For only this episode, book book one, chapter one of Korra ahead. Yep. <laughs> uh, emphasis on I'm going to try my best <laughs> to oh, keep my face in check when you ask me questions. <laughs> I am betting you there are there are going to be awkward pauses. I am going to guess things yep. right or also very, very wrong. And mm-hmm. Leslie just can't say anything about it, but just cryptically say well yeah watch and see i'm gonna tell you right now in that predictions video we did you guessed several things correctly <laughs> so uh, do uh, we see him bake bread <laughs> that's all i need <laughs> yeah no, i don't know <laughs> bowling bread bowling oh bread bowling uh, bowling you're thinking of bowling bowling bread <laughs> here for it yeah so yeah, to give a little more history with ourselves, um, if you're new to this podcast, Babs and I have seen the first show, Avatar The Last Airbender, so many so many freaking times. It's like 
my favorite show of all time. Absolutely. I've seen it a, yeah. We've seen it a bajillion times. I can quote it inside and out. Love it. And uh, I watched Cora from the time that it aired to the time it finished airing. And I couldn't get Barbara to watch it at the time because <laughs> no. she was a little hesitant on it. Uh, so. So I was, I, I, I was hesitant because I didn't want to tarnish what Avatar had. Um, I was worried that by watching Korra, it would make Avatar worse. But watching this, this, this first episode, I can honestly say that it's very easy to separate your current experience watching Korra with your past experience watching Avatar. And, and, and with that, if, if you are listening to this because you are on the fence, you don't know if you should watch watch up watch Cora now. It is on Netflix. Might as well. Do exactly. It. It's yeah. Chances <laughs> are you you or friend has Netflix, therefore you have access to this show. So there's no excuse. Give it a shot. Especially because now you don't have to deal with all the Nickelodeon shenanigans that those of us who watched it in real time <laughs> had to deal with. <laughs> so. Also, one of the reasons why I didn't watch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just too so, hard to watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, speaking of which, before we dive in, I do want to give some background about this show because really the background is everything for understanding where at least my opinions and feelings about the show come from to some degree. Because there was a lot of frustration to be had in the Legend of Korra fandom if you were watching this at the same time that it aired. So, Legend of Korra is a show that originally aired from April 2012 through December 2014. It was created by Brian Konitsko and Mike DiMartino, the same creators of Avatar The Last Airbender. I also call him Brike for short. I think the fandom does too. And Korra was first announced at San Diego Comic-Con back in 2010, and I remember losing my shit when this announcement was made. I don't know about you, but... I was very excited. excited. Oh my god, I was so excited. The only thing that we got from it was, like, a concept drawing of Korra looking out towards Republic City. It looked cool. It looked steampunk. Yeah, steampunk's cool. Why not? And just more Avatar in general. Like, great. This was two years after the original or three years after the original show ended. So like just getting any kind of avatar fix is awesome. So fun fact, this originally was supposed to be a 12 episode miniseries. Huh? Mm -hmm. So book one was supposed to be the only season and it, you can see that reflected through a lot of the story and how it's paced and how it's written. I find for better and for worse. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, so because it was only supposed to be a miniseries, Brian and Mike or Break wrote all 12 episodes, which is a little unusual for a lot of TV shows. Usually it gets passed around the writer's room, but Break and Mike or Break wrote <laughs> all 12 episodes in this case. And I have to talk about the beginnings of the Nickelodeon hijinks because it did not just happen starting at season two like lots of people think it did (laughs) because originally this show wasn't even going to get off the ground because Nickelodeon was concerned that boys weren't going to watch this show because the main character is a girl oh come on (laughs) so stupid (laughs) yeah it's so dumb 
And then like, there was, I remember there was like an interview at the time at like a comic con or something where bright was being interviewed and they were asked, why is a girl, the main character <laughs> they responded with, because we're still being asked that question. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> also, the first series showed that the Avatar uh, state goes man, woman, man, woman. Every other Avatar switches gender. That's that how it, it's reincarnated. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, it seemed intentional. Yeah, uh, it might be. No, no, no. When uh, uh uh when we go to when 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 we go to the Southern Air Temple and we see all of the all of the statues of the previous avatars, it goes man woman man woman boy girl boy girl oh, yeah. way way back. They planned that initially because well, men and women are equal. <laughs> really <laughs> we are <laughs> just, just like the elements are equal <laughs> God. yay cool. i mean equal on like equal footing plane not maybe yeah. equal equal yeah. now because <laughs> yeah. because boys don't want to watch a show that has a girl in it oh apparently not even though they certainly did watch the previous show where like half the cast was women badass so. women yeah i mean full episodes were dedicated to some of these women so i don't know yeah so anyway much like the first series this was also a heavy collaboration and mostly animated in south korea in this case it a lot of it was animated by a studio called studio mirror who also animated the boondocks which is a show that i loved Kippo and the Age of Wonder Beast, which is on Netflix and I hear is very good, and the Voltron remake that is also yes. on Netflix, which is ironic. Right. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, the Voltron remake has a lot of um, Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra vets working on that show. So, yeah, and then music-wise, Jeremy Zuckerman returns to compose the score. And I really like the score in this series, as I'm sure we'll talk about later. It's very... It is totally uh, like different from the first series. Mm-hmm. It's like old school 1920s jazz combined with um, Chinese instruments and music and stuff. It's cool. And yeah, that's kind of the general background that I'm going to share at least for now. Because <laughs> it gets a little muddier as we go along in the series. But that's all you really need to know for now. And context-wise, as far as when does the show even take place, uh, as Tenzin mentions, it happens 70 years following the events of Avatar The Last Airbender. In this case, Aang has died at a very young age, it seems, if you do the math. He, yeah, he was 66. Yeah, where did he die uh, from? Jeez. Just for some background, um, uh, uh, Avatar Kiyoshi was like 240. <laughs> yeah. The Grim Reaper came around and was like okay i'm kind of scared of her i'm not gonna kill her just yet <laughs> uh yeah so ang has died and the avatar has since been reincarnated in the form of a waterbender named Korra from the southern water tribe and this is also taking place following what this show's inhabitants call the 100 year war which was the war where the fire nation attacked in the first show and after that war ended, Aang and Fire Lord Zuko took the former Fire Nation colonies and merged them together to form 
the United Republic of Nations, with its capital being Republic City, which is a place where benders and non-benders can live in, quote, harmony, unquote. <laughs> I love how they not only talked about Avatar Aang, but also Fire Lord Zuko. I know! Shout out to the friendship that will transcend lifetimes. And, uh, it really will wear up. Uh, where um, their friendship is so strong that they literally created cities from it. Yep. It's so great. I, I'm here for it. And if you want to learn more about how Republic City and all these things came to be, there's a series of comics that took place following the events of the first show. That's kind of like the, re- the Reconstruction era post-war. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So shall we jump in? from there okay so let's talk about the opening because i i loved seeing adult ang right right yeah this is the this is the first time that i have seen adult ang and it's and it's really neat you you see him matched with all of the other avatars uh and it's and it's so heartening to just see the the person that he became after like being a war child yeah (laughs) it is just great Uh uh-huh yeah so it's slightly less random i noticed in the air water fire air lineup this time there's not just like a random earthbending dude was originally supposed to be ang's earthbending teacher before they came up with the idea of toff (laughs) so yeah uh in this case it's just like past avatars so yeah kiyoshi is earth um ang is air Korra is water and um fire is roku roku yeah yep not sozin (laughs) Sozin. (laughs) me being terrible no but um i like how they changed the order that they called Mm -hmm. out the elements so so that it would end on water the, yeah, that's cool, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The same that it that ended on air, but it's just shifting the cycle. It's it is really neat. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, and so Tenzin, aka Ang Sun, narrates what's happened since the first show. And uh, at this point in time, there's really no major, major conflicts. It seems there's not a war like the first one. The Fire Nation has not attacked. Um, <laughs> No nation has attacked, it seems. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the world is at peace, it seems. And who knows? There could be an avatar ready to rise on the horizon. <laughs> I mean, so, there better be. Aang is uh, dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So then we open the episode proper with the Southern Water Tribe, and we've got the White Lotus organization going towards there. And it's cool that the White Lotus is still here and is seemingly more out in the open. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Later, later on, we learn that Aang asked asked the White the White Lotus to protect the future Avatar, which the White Lotus didn't do that in the past. Uh, normally, it was just the sages, the 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 higher ups of um of um whatever culture uh that avatar was pulled from uh so it's so it's strange and and 
and different that the White Lotus, who used to be a secret organization, <laughs> is 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 now right next to the Avatar. Yeah, so nobody's getting like cryptic, mysterious pie show tiles anymore. It's kind of sad. <laughs> uh, no one's like heating up a secret message yeah. to reveal <laughs> the answer. <laughs> Go under the catacombs. <laughs> yeah. So I got to say this episode and this, the one after this one had leaked like a couple weeks prior to them actually airing on TV. Oh no. And, yeah. Because I learned how to torrent um, <laughs> in the, back when book three was on its weird hiatus. <laughs> I d- totally did not watch these weeks in advance and totally did not lose my shit upon watching them, even with the quality being absolutely horrific. <laughs> Remember torrenting? Remember when that was the norm? Right? Remember Pirate Bay? Oh, it was great. Oh, my God. (laughs) Good times, good times. Don't do crimes. Oh, yeah, don't. Don't get caught. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) We're not encouraging this. (laughs) No. Uh, uh, There is is Netflix and Hulu and, and every other type of type of type of streaming site out there you don't need a streaming site that you have to pay for (laughs) yes you don't you don't need to to torrent things anymore gang yeah (laughs) of course not um no (laughs) yeah Yeah, so we've got the white lotus going towards this house and southern water tribe and we get this long shot of the southern water tribe and it looks a lot better and bigger and it looks like it's actually thriving in contrast to how it was in the first show which is cool because it oh, tells yeah. me that they've been rebuilding the southern water tribe and you know now that there's no war and now that the fire nation is not going to come and ransack the place every few um, years every couple years yeah maybe they can actually get a working village or city in order not full-on city but like it's thriving is what I'm trying to say. So the White Lotus people go towards this one house, which has a very exhausted looking mom. Like I can only imagine what it's like raising a rambunctious uh, child like Cora. I mean, raising a child that has at least partial mastery of w- yeah. water, yeah. earth, and raising, fire? Raising a child who realizes she's the avatar at like age five. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. I'm the avatar. You gotta deal with it. (laughs) I love this. Like, yeah, because the the White Lotus has been looking around the water tribe areas for the next airbender or for the next um avatar, obviously. And they heard from a source that she could be here. And they're like, what makes you think you guys gave birth to the avatar? And then here comes Cora just breaking a hole in the middle of the house <laughs> and yeah. just bending all three out el- three out of four elements at like age five uh, we so. don't we don't see her parents bending my fan theory is that neither of them are benders <laughs> they are not equipped no. to handle this this no. rambunctious child mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i feel for I- them yeah, I wonder what what the White Lotus's test would have been. We see what what the air nomads test is, which right. is 
picking out four toys out of a mountain of toys mm-hmm. that have been owned by past past avatars. I w- I wonder what tests they would have done. I know, right? I, I was wondering that too because it's like, how do you? I mean, obviously, you can suspect that they're going to be in one of the water tribes. Although you, I'm hoping slash assuming that they also checked Republic City where anybody just hangs out at regardless of bending mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> i don't know i'm sure it was like searching for a needle in a haystack until they got here and we're like oh yeah it's probably that girl who like firebended my house it's probably the firebender in in the south pole who's saying that she's the avatar yeah. you know uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, i and then we get a i nice- love how i know everything about Korra just from mm. her 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 brief introduction. It is so smart. Oh yeah. Uh totally. I love you, introductions like this. <laughs> yeah. You know exactly who she is. And that person is so different from Aang, but in a good way. It mm-hmm. isn't different just to be different. She is her own person. Yeah. I um yeah, I really like when you get short and sweet character intros like this because it's just like you're economizing your time well and you're showing, not telling necessarily a lot of the time. It's just, yeah. it's easy to immediately understand who the character is from the get-go. I, I love when uh, writers do this with their characters and their stories and stuff. So we get an awesome transition from young Cora firebending into 16-year-old Cora firebending for her firebending mastery exam and And she is a master yeah she's really good she's the exact opposite of ang she is aggressive she's bold she faces things head on like a rock and uh she's focused way more on the offensive than she is on the defensive (laughs) which you can just tell by the way she bends (laughs) ang would never firebend like that uh, against someone Fire armor or not. <laughs> yeah. Aang is a lot more hesitant to go all in fighting. <laughs> but not Korra. And yeah, Korra's cool. She's her own person. And she's also far more sheltered, less worldly, less spiritual, especially, and more naive than Aang was. Like, she's basically a Disney princess here. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, the White Lotus, like, took a note from Aang who told them to keep the Avatar safe, which they interpreted as, okay, lock her away forever until she's ready to go out in the world at age 25. Okay. Uh, So it seems like they're not in a real village. It seems like they are in a secret Southern water tribe bunker that is just protected by, by just white Lotus people. Uh, yeah. The fact that she is having her firebending mastery exam in the South Pole is just mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Normally, <laughs> normally the way that the Avatar learns is that they go to every nation and learn there. We saw that with we saw that with with like every past avatar that we've learned anything about their growth of um so so it's very different and it makes it so that she's not worldly i mean ang 
traveled across the world by the age of 12. Yeah, he's been all over the place. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and sure, he was basically, like, punted into the future. But mm -hmm. but he had friends. He yeah, had Boomy. He had... Mm -hmm. He he had um he had Kuzon, he had people that he missed and that he loved, and Cora doesn't. And at the very least, have like a, yeah. <laughs> but Aang definitely had friends, and at least at the very least had a baseline for uh, social interaction. How, yeah, for social interaction and how each nation works more or less well, and stuff. And how just how people her own age works. Yeah, um, even that. Later on, uh, late, late, later on, when Cora leaves, she doesn't say bye to anyone except her parents and yeah. Katara. Uh, she just goes off. She had no one there her age. She has only been surrounded by adults, and she's never had the chance to learn anything about the real world or about people her age, which... Which is not good for a avatar. I mean, sure, you 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 can be very skilled at bending, but if you don't know the people that you that people you're trying to protect, yeah, <laughs> things can go wrong. She's got no friends to hold her down <laughs> or make her frown. <laughs> wow, well, that's pessimistic. <laughs> gosh so hesitantly the white lotus people decide to let her pass her fire nation mastery exam despite not really diving into the spiritual side of things for any uh -oh. of the bending that she's done up to this point yeah. she's but strong but she lacks restraint um, yeah they pan over to grand grand based basically the second that i saw katara First, first I saw someone that looked just like, just like Grand Grand, but, but, but before even looking at her necklace or her hair loopies, and then you see Katara, and it's, and it's so nostalgic, and it's so mm -hmm. wonderful to see characters you love aged, and right. it is brilliant, uh, it is brilliant drawing, it is just brilliant artistry, that she looks like Katara, but she looks like Grand Grand. She she looks like how she should, and it's mm -hmm. and it's really well done. Yeah, she's great, El Katara. And yeah, just I never understood why Korra was so sheltered, though. Just going back on that for a minute, like why? It's it's weird. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. It's. It is weird that that there wasn't a thing of, oh well, she has she's just been in the South Pole this entire time, but she has friends, and then she says goodbye to at least one person before yeah. she leaves. She's it like might have been the impact of it just being a mini series where they didn't want to have people left behind at home that we cared about, and they no, wanted I don't everyone to be in Republic City. I don't think it's that. I mean, I think it's partially because, I mean, obviously her being shelter influences her character and how she responds to things as yeah. the series progresses. But um, also it might be just because maybe the world was scared of losing their avatar again. Like they lost Aang for a hundred years and they, <laughs> they, they did lose. They, 
they they did lose Aang. And and later when Tenzin's talking about uh, having to go back to Republic City, how things aren't super good there, and he doesn't want to bring Korra there, yeah. there there might be danger. I mean, um, later on we find out that people that can't bend aren't super happy. If you have the, the figurehead of bending there, she's a target. Yeah. Um, yeah, good point. So speaking of Tenzin, we... Eee! Yeah, we get introduced to Tenzin because Korra is really excited to finally start her airbending training. And here comes Tenzin being not on by his, <laughs> his son Milo. <laughs> and his face says everything. Tenzin's face. Uh, I... oh, these parents are so exhausted in this show. <laughs> uh, so um, when so when Tenzin first, first flew, uh, Appa, he is definitely flying Appa. I was so happy that Appa was still alive. I was so <laughs> ecstatic, and oh and then slowly, I and then slowly, I realized that it's probably not Appa. But I just kept that out of my mind, and was just like, no, it's Appa. Appa just hasn't aged. Uh, and then um, later on, when we find out that it isn't Appa, be be because it's named something different. I don't even know because I just wrote. Oh no, it isn't it isn't Appa. Appa is dead. Sad face, sad face, sad face. <laughs> Which I think explains my priorities. <laughs> but also, maybe it's good Appa died. Did Appa die with Aang? Did they know, die right? at the I same mean, time? Oh my god. Was it a scenario like when Roku uh, died Aang? and the dragon like oh with my Aang? god? Oh my god. Please. They cannot be without each other. And they have to be in, like, the spirit world together doing their yeah. avatar thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So here comes Tenzin and his three kids. and um, They're precious. Yeah. And his pregnant wife. Yeah. His kids are adorable, if not a little crazy. <laughs> like, his son's gnawing on his head. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah. Tenzin, played by J.K. Simmons, a.k.a. Jonah Jameson. So yeah, Jacobson is such a great actor. I love him. I also love him in Gravity Falls. So good. Um, Yeah. So I gotta say, Tenzin first of all looks nothing like his mom, Katara. No, a hundred percent (laughs) ang. Nothing like. Yeah. So white. Yeah, he's so white. Yeah, he's so white. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't even have blue eyes like Katara. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which, which makes sense. Apparently, he is the he. He is the only airbending master left. So um so um he is Katara's only child that that airbends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or just the and... only one that has really like taken to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I'm just gonna say right now, Tenzin is like probably my favorite, if not one of my favorite characters. I like him a lot. In the show, yeah. I, I like Tenzin a lot. I think He's very straight-laced and stern, but, like, you can see where he's coming from since he has all that pressure to essentially restore an entire culture. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, that is why they are having so many kids. (laughs) Also, um, Tenzin was the third child. I hate to say this, (laughs) but... Katara probably kept on having kids until one of them airbended. (laughs) Yeah, uh, 
Interesting theory there, yeah. The airbenders cannot die out. I, I am not saying Katara didn't love her children. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that was probably yeah. a thought <laughs> that was behind everyone's mind. I'm sure that was there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Tenzin, all three of his kids are all benders, much to his wife's dismay. <laughs> And is really hoping that her next kid is not a bender because yikes. I mean, when you yeah. got one son gnawing on people's heads, it's like, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> no, I mean, um, uh, the the youngest boy is basically baby Aang. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> With yes. a weird lopsided head. <laughs> yeah, so much energy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Put me down, woman. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? You're old. <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know you grandma yeah uh and then we get the 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 oldest one who's much quieter and much more mature denora played by uh karen and shipka who was in mad men and was also uh sabrina in the latest netflix sabrina show whatever she asks what every fan has ever asked of this show slash franchise what happened to zuko's mom and Katara's like, well, it was a fascinating story. And at this point, every audience member on the planet is just like all ears. You could hear a pin drop, like dying to know. And then please, please, please tell me. <laughs> please. And this was before the comics about what happened to Zuko's mom got released, I think. So yeah, nobody knew. It was driving everyone nuts aside from like fan fiction. And then we get blocked by middle child Iki. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> who like really wants s'mores around a fire but also she really wants grand grand to make like snowman that like chase them around and i am 100 percent for it yeah i'm pretty sure it's safe to say everyone thought iki was suga's mom yeah (laughs) so that didn't happen and everyone proceeded to hate iki through the next couple episodes and they (laughs) call katara grand grand i know it's so cute Oh, I love it. Uh, that and it's like Katara's other kids are named Kaya and Boomy. Kaya for her mom and Boomy for Aang's best friend, Boomy. So mm-hmm. sweet. So um so um um I so I actually went down a rabbit hole. So like we know the origin of their first two children's names, but then Tenzin is not named after someone in the previous show. <laughs> um Tenzin is a Tibetan name that means defender of faith. So, um, so um, the so um, the 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 air nation, the air nomads are are based off of Tibetan monks. Um, so, I think that Tenzin is a traditional air nation name. I and and I think that that's really fitting to give your your like only airbending child. A like traditional air nation name. I think it's mm-hmm. really nice. And sweet. That's cool. Like I didn't even know. Um, I didn't even know that was what his name meant. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I just went down. Uh, uh, I I I just went down uh, a a rabbit hole to try to find the significance of it. <laughs> it I like, like it. Oh, the other two. <laughs> I yeah. like it when we go down rabbit holes. I don't know how much our viewers like it, but <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably haters not. Gonna hate. Yeah. <laughs> haters gonna hate. Mm-hmm. So uh yep, Cora's excited. She's ready to start her training, but yeah, it turns out Tenzin's really only visiting for the weekend. 
and because he has to go back to Republic City due to some civil unrest going on there. And he happens to also be a councilman there. So it's kind of his responsibility to keep the peace, so to speak. So going to have to postpone the training. Cora's very disappointed. Which and she's like, well, makes take no to- sense to me. <laughs> take her yeah. with you. Yeah, just take her with you. And <laughs> he's like, uh, no, it's not safe. Even though, I mean... Aang and Co. went and saved the world at age 12, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to take my super pregnant wife there, but, like, <laughs> Avatar, nah. Nah, yeah. That said, I mean, it kind of is slightly understandable where he's coming from, too, just considering the fact that Korra's been extremely sheltered, so, like, I don't know, dropping her right into that conflict at... But it's like, you're going to have to do it eventually, though. That's the thing. It's like, y'all chose to keep her sheltered for 16 years, like... This is what happens. <laughs> I I think part of it is that they were hoping that they could just solve just bending inequality by the time she would come there. I, I so. don't I don't know what they what they expected. Uh, we can get rid of rid of racism in a week. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um oh no, racism came back. Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> like no <It's>, yeah <laughs> no um but um but uh, i think that tensions coming from a place of uh there is there is civil unrest surrounding the idea that um that um benders oppress non non-benders that things are worse for non-benders and why are you going to bring the poster child for bending to a place <laughs> that is having those 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 kind of disagreements? Why are why are you going to put a giant target on her back? Um, and I get that, but at the same time, you could have at least given her a friend, <laughs> <laughs> one friend, <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, Naga's her friend though. So. Naga doesn't talk. Yeah, well, they have a special connection anyway, so. Naga's not flounder. <laughs> Naga's basically, I mean, if we assume Korra's basically Princess Jasmine, then Naga's. I mean, 100%. Naga. I, totally. 100%. Uh, she isn't 16, Daddy. She has a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking She's of which, bad. yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, Cora's disappointed and upset, and she has a mopey moment staring out into the great wide somewhere with uh, <laughs> Naga. <laughs> and then she decides to run away. Screw it. She's going to Republic City, and she's going to go find Tenzin. So, yeah, better to what beg forgiveness than ask, ask permission. So she's packing up, getting ready to go out there. And, um, Katara and she doesn't pack much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Katara stops her. Uh, and just when you think she's going to stop her from leaving, she's like, go for it, honey. It's time for the next generation to go save the world because I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> yeah, sh- She also drops the terrible fact that Sokka's dead. I don't know. Uh, it's awful. Which, which you're not going to give me one image of Sokka just like hanging out with Suki. You right? aren't going to do that for me. <laughs> I know. Why? What was yeah. that choice? <laughs> he he could have just oh um oh um Sokka's in like the Earth Kingdom on business or something. Mm-hmm. 
like it's such agony watching this show for the first time and just the whole, whole time just thinking okay who's alive and who's dead like oh my god Sokka's dead Aang's dead who else is dead Who, who's alive where are they <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> it uh, I mean okay people die <laughs> that oh, sounds yeah. that sounds bad but like old but like old people are old old people mm-hmm. die but maybe you could have kept Sokka alive for me right <laughs> Oh, they didn't like you. Choices. <laughs> Bad know. ones. Sad. <laughs> On my shit list. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, yeah, so um Cora Cora says goodbye to to her only friends, her mom and dad. Um, and Katara. And or, also Katara. Uh, which oh by the way, Katara was her waterbending teacher. Oh obviously. that's lovely. Oh, I don't know if we put that together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's I mean, I figured, but but that's also kind of sad. I know. Oh gosh. Uh, I just do like that the Cora is like or Cora. Um I want to call Cora Katara so badly. Um I know. But Katara is yeah. K's. <laughs> Katara is <laughs> Yep, too many K's. Katara's theme motif plays in the background though, as she's saying as she's encouraging Cora to go to Republic City, which is sweet. I like that. It's very nostalgic. It's really um, sweet, yeah. And and it, it's just sad that that um Katara saw Aang, who I am assuming was just the love of her life, oh. die, oh. and then and then she teaches and probably like helps helps raise uh the little girl who has a piece of Aang in her, and. And I think that that kind of feeling must be so bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. But yeah, so Korra and Naga take off and get on a boat on their way to Republic City. Uh, also, also, cool. I don't think that I have said this enough. Naga's adorable. Oh, gosh. Polar Naga. bear dog. Man. So perfect. Yep. I want a plushie. So precious. Uh, I just love. just wonderful and talking about the ship that they that they get on i love how this is a ship that is ornamental it is so different from the fire nation warships that we saw previously that were just riveted riveted together metal all sharp lines stark gray uh, with this like gray black black smoke billowing out, and this ship was a hundred percent made to made to look nice and 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 to cart cargo and people, and it's brightly painted, and there's just like billowing clouds of like white steam coming out of mm-hmm. coming out of the ship, and it's. And it's so different from like the previous images of the scary warships that give you a sense of foreboding. These these ships give you a sense of adventure, and yeah. and and of just we are we are traveling and and we are progressing in time, and it's wonderful. It's so cool because even before we get to Republic City proper, like we can still tell that things have become a lot more industrialized and just more 
advanced in general. Like we're in the Southern Water Tribe, and even then, like you can tell it's thriving a lot more than it was I know. seventy years ago. They they have a super fancy door when they when they used to have just snow walls. Uh huh. <laughs> Did they have they have real igloos when they used to have tents? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's cool, and then. Just, I mean, the ship, and then you can see a car on the ship. Which is so, so cool. cool. So cool. It, it's so weird. It's just, it, it's just giving me Titanic vibes. <laughs> 1920s, where we are just rolling and going. Mm-hmm. And I love how um, how um, the backgrounds we see are so beautiful. Oh, God. Yeah. Shout out to the backgrounds and the background artists on this show in particular. It's, I love it. It's so gorgeous. I, it's like, it's not pastels is not the right word. I think it's like oil painting almost. It's like, it's like a dreamy, beautiful. It's so cool. It looks like you can see the brush strokes a lot of the time in the background. And like the colors are gorgeous. Just seeing the Southern Water Tribe looks absolutely gorgeous. And I really think, uh, in a lot of ways, they took a huge step up in animation and art design in some cases for this show over the original show. And and I think that makes sense when you take this as a mini series. When you have a mini series, you can spend extra time on every episode really making it startlingly beautiful uh, both as a miniseries and because i mean the show was made later too so yeah not yeah not that the avatar wasn't pretty oh yeah but very impressive show <laughs> no but Kura is very pretty mm-hmm. i guess my problem with it and as we'll see later down the line is that it's inconsistent <laughs> sometimes mm. where i notice it <laughs> so yeah we'll get to that later We'll but see. yeah, for now it looks it looks gorgeous, absolutely. And yeah, so we got Cora on the boat, looking wide eyed and ready to go. She's super excited to take on the world. And eventually, she gets off the boat, and we are introduced for the first time to Republic City and all of its beauty and glory. It's basically like San Francisco, San Francisco, <laughs> yeah, or like Manhattan meets Shanghai in the 1920s. It, I don't know, so cool. It feels like a fantasy world. So um so um all of the cars have these really cool pagoda roofs. When you the look at the skyscrapers even have pagoda roofs too. When you look at the city, it is a distinctively different skyline than you are that than you are used to, but it has some some like amalgam of what you're used to. It is it is like a high fantasy world and it's and it gives me such a different feel than the original avatar world which is strange because like both of them have like magic bending and and spirits <laughs> and weird animals but um but um the past avatar series wasn't as busy wasn't as fantastical it it was more based in reality because there wasn't technology to really show the differences. And, and, and here we can really see the differences that emerge between example, our culture, our Western culture 
and just avatar culture because of bending existing they they went through the industrial age the steam age really really quickly uh from from where they were and it's and it's really neat it it looks like a fantasy yeah it looks so cool and um yeah it looks very steampunk and yeah just it feels like a natural to me it feels like a natural progression from yeah world building in the first show to now it it makes sense it would be weird if if it if they were automatically trans transported to the 2000s without any difference (laughs) yeah but it makes sense to me especially if we consider the fact that the Fire Nation was probably under Zuko's reign, willing to give up some of their tech secrets about their blimps and things. Because now we got giant blimps and cars, like yeah. or Seiko mobiles, as we call them here. Which I guess it's like the analog to Ford mobiles in like the nineteen mm-hmm. twenties and thirties. Yeah. Um, and also electricity. There are power lines going yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them because it's like old days <laughs> electricity. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's so cool. Uh, it's, it's great. So, it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. So then Korra proceeds to cause several casualties and accidents by just riding Naga in the middle of traffic. Uh, <laughs> Having gosh. no idea how traffic works or cars. Yeah, because she's never seen a car because she nope. lives in snow. Yep. Makes and sense. Yep. And in Disney princess fashion, also doesn't understand the concept of money. Money! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is like 100% Jasmine. Oh, let me just take this apple from this cart. (laughs) Cora doesn't steal, but it's it's the same exact analog. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I mean, she just grabs the... What was she trying to grab? Like a kebab or something? Yeah, like, <laughs> which looked delicious. Look, look great. Yeah, just thinking she could go for it. And she put it up to her mouth. I'm pretty sure it's like uh, that'll be five dollars. Oh shoot, money! I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love the jazzy electric music so that great. is <laughs> that is playing. It it feels like motion, and mm-hmm. it sets you in. And it sets you like in the 1920s. It feels like, yeah, see, like it's like it's like really, yeah. It is. It is like jazz band. We're all running towards towards something. Movement, Bakuno type music, mm-hmm. and and that's very high praise. Oh, Bakuno is an awesome show. Definitely watch it. Yeah, Bakuno is great. Yep. So, yeah, the score is really great. I like that it feels like it can exist in the same overarching Avatar universe, but it's still its own separate thing from the original show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep. So then Korra is disappointed that you need money to pay for things. So then she wanders around the analog to Central Park and meets a hobo in a bush. Yeah. I love how 45 minutes in to her, like, Republic City experience. She um, encounters poverty and homelessness for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Great. Disney princess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you live in that bush? <laughs> <laughs> it's like sparkling too. Like, yeah. 
the bush starts start start sparkling and this man is like well well i just had to find the best bush yeah of course uh all right (laughs) uh yeah so then she's wandering around some more and she runs into this samuel seabury type dude who's on his pedestal giving a speech about joining the equalist because non-benders are being oppressed and but that said cora is definitely not alexander hamilton like she no. cannot argue circles around this guy at all she's very you're bad. oppressing yourself <laughs> wow cora it's just like the worst thing to say to people being oppressed uh absolute worst oh. and and um, yet again it seems realistic that that in a society where some people have magic uh and other peoples don't that the people that have magic would be the only ones that are able to do specialized jobs example earth 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 benders with like metal bending can make all sorts of things. Maybe they are the only ones that can craft cars. Uh, uh, maybe they are the ones that are hired the most to build homes. Uh, also, also, um, firebenders, fire, fire, fi- firebenders can start fires. They are they are probably the ones that fight fires. They are they are they are probably the ones that like do most of the cooking. That do. That is that that like make like a lot of a lot of the energy for the city. Water water benders, maybe they are the best healers. Maybe maybe they run the sewage system. Maybe they are the ones that do like snow cone stands. And you have people that don't have those magic abilities that are barred from doing certain tasks. And that definitely causes a divide. Especially when, when the default is not in your favor, (laughs) where Mm -hmm. there are certain things you can't do because you don't have those special magic powers. Sure. Yeah, I think having this conflict is uh, a natural progression from the original show. Uh, it's yeah, it's interesting because like it doesn't really get touched on that much in the original show, aside from like. You know, Sokka feeling insecure at times about being like the one non-vendor in the group. Um, but, but I think that there's a that that there's just a difference in the progression of society. Then yeah, totally. Where, and you know, I think the main focus that everyone had their minds on, or the primary conflict everyone had their minds on, was about Fire Nation gen- causing genocide and you know col- colonizing everything and. All that oppression that came with yeah, it. So, so, yeah, benders weren't creating things; they were protecting people. They were all acting as the, as like the military or the or the um or the uh, police officers, or they were in underground rock rumble type yeah. things. They uh-huh. weren't. They. They they weren't creating art. They yeah, weren't it wasn't creating infrastructure as much. Sure, yeah. It's like because it's so industrialized now, and like the industrialization that we do see in the original show is created 
mainly due to Bendane existing. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So when yeah. you have a whole industrialized society that probably relies on a lot of Bendane, yeah, I can see where the discrepancy and the divide could stem from. Um, yeah. yeah, it's very uh, Zootopia, yep. where it's like, you know, predators and prey living together in quote harmony, but really that's far from the case. <laughs> Um, not only that, it, 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 it is, it is similar to My Hero Academia where, um, where, um, society has kind of morphed itself around the idea of people having special powers, special quarks, uh, that, that they base the default of society off of. If we had magic, we would use magic and our technology would be different and it would lean towards using magic. Uh, that is, that is, that is why the avatar tech technology and like most of the advancements leans towards their magic, their bending. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and also when you have the default as, uh, of, of, um, not being special versus the special of having special abilities you start to have people that just pick on people that that don't have those abilities and you have people that see people that that like don't have those those abilities as less than other people just because of something they are born with yeah but that's that said, i do think that this industrialized Republic city also does a great job reflecting Cora's arc that she's going to have to experience because Ooh. in a lot of ways, because by making it very industrialized and having it so that bending is used in a much more like utilitarian kind of way and just mm -hmm. like using it to power things, it's, you lose, I think you innately lose some of the origins and like the spirituality about bending and how bending works probably to a degree or it's just not explored as much because in this world in republic city especially it's kind of the norm and it just it powers everything and that's really it <laughs> you either can bend or you can't and so i think that kind of reflects cora's lack of spirituality too which doesn't help when it clashes with like this very industrialized world where spirituality sort of takes a backseat to just uh pure functionality of whatever it is you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I am curious to see how to see how Cora morphs her bending into something that is more acceptable to the city because she's very used to fighting using <laughs> it and I don't think that she's used to solving problems that aren't people with it yeah she's not a people person she, she's, uh, i mean she <laughs> uh, yeah i mean she hasn't been around people no. so it's so it's definitely hard yeah uh, so talking talking things out is not a strong suit of hers either as we can clearly see so um, let's pivot to her not talking things out no yeah <laughs> yep so she leaves the protest stand after realizing that she lost to samuel seabury unfortunately and then she's walking around and she notices that um, these store owners are getting harassed by this gang called the Triple Triad. 
uh, a triple threat triad. Triple threat triad, excuse me. <laughs> You're in triple threat triad territory. Yeah. Um, I love how they are doing the 1920s gangster thing of give me protection money mm-hmm. from myself or else I won't protect you from my fists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> See? See yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. So here comes Korra out to stop the evildoers superhero style, except superhero causing collateral damage style. <laughs> and um, she's like, okay, we'll stop, leave him alone, and I'll fight you. So fighting is her first go-to. If this were Aang, it would probably be more of a, can't we talk about this? <laughs> she, also, <laughs> she also calls them hoodlums. Yeah, she calls them hoodlums. Or else what hoodlum? <laughs> because she... Uh, she is a, she is a Disney princess. You are one hundred percent right. She read this in a book. This is how you are supposed to protect things. She has probably heard of a bunch of stories about uh, about previous avatars. Mm-hmm. Because she just this is how Ang and Ang and the gang worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Kyoshi lived for two hundred and thirty years. Okay, uh, and and like her. Her world was extremely similar to Aang's world, which is extremely similar to Katara's world as a child. It is it is only within the past 50 years where yeah. things became up. yeah, things became different. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's no surprise that that her like avatar teachings aren't working. <laughs> because she's she has been taught off of stories and just analogs and not knowing people based on thousands of years of different avatars that from the very first avatar didn't have to deal with industrialization <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she starts fighting them and they quickly learn oh, she's the avatar and the shirt storekeepers are confused it's like wait didn't when, I just saw her bend water a minute ago? Now she's bending fire. Like what? Water, uh, earth, and fire. fire? <laughs> yeah. Also, I love how inclusive this this um gang is. Yeah, equal representation. We got a water bender, an earth bender, and a fire bender. That is probably why it's like the triad, ter- yeah. tertiary triad, <laughs> yeah. triple threat triad territory. Uh, I feel like they so tried to. Teas. I feel like they tried to recruit Tenzin at one point just because they really wanted to fill in the, the air yeah. quota and they couldn't. And obviously Tenzin said no and they were just disappointed. Uh, they so, would be the quad quotient. You're yeah. In, you, you are in the like quad quotient te- uh, quadrant. The, the tetra, tri- the, the tetra quadrant. Oh yeah, tetra. It's better. Yeah. Tetra territory. Yeah. So they fight, she kicks their butts, but not before causing a lot of property damage and just all over the place. Good uh, good thing it, there were no, like, good people? thing there were like, no people <laughs> yeah, in broad daylight. Okay. So first, she, purpose, she purposefully throws a guy into a clock shop. Yeah. Rude. Right. Rude. That person probably worked really hard in those clocks. Yeah, they they looked nice and expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, they are they are driving away after, and she just uploads the car, and, and then the car goes right into another building. 
plus all of this peripheral property damage, and it is a miracle that someone didn't get hurt. Yeah, but that said, there's nobody on the street anyway, so <laughs> in broad daylight. I don't know, yeah, it's like I mean, 10 o'clock. <laughs> I mean, the triad's here. Okay. Tunnel yeah. snakes, you know? <laughs> okay, so that's like one of my... I don't know if I'd call it a nitpick because I think it's pretty prominent. It bugs me from a world building perspective. Just the fact that there, a lot of the time there's not a lot of people, it seems, just walking around on the reg I mean, <laughs> sometimes. like I get just... that. I Like, I get that they might not want to draw people. Yeah, I get it. But, like, but... Maybe there's some hustle and bustle going on. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You can even make your city smaller if that means that you can pack it with more make the street smaller the street yeah. was so street wide, so wide. <laughs> make like, this a back alley yeah make it a back alley make it a night just hell just make the scene at more, like trash trash cans add uh-huh. some more trash cans sure <laughs> lots of things you can do to get around that dilemma it just reminded me of like those old ps2 games that take place in a city but they don't have like enough space for for yeah for people oh my god kingdom hearts games yeah just running around a very empty world i I specifically remember i think um when you're in agrabah and kingdom hearts 2 somebody says but the city's so busy and they're literally panning across an empty nothing Okay, they should have they 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 should have done what a lot of animes do, where um not you don't not CG people please no 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 you okay. don't draw the people that are in the background they are gray people blobs but there's a bunch of them yeah yeah mm-hmm. a bunch of gray people blobs because they are not the main focus yeah and, and if you do that um when I watch anime I don't care. It looks fine. It mm-hmm. looks good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll just make it smaller. Mhm. And just include some like, I don't know, mini mini cars or something. Just even including cars, that would be helpful cuz it's just like you just got these wide streets with nothing on them. <laughs> it's just a little weird. But yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, lots of property damage happens. Then here come the metal bending police squad. So cool. So all these police come from this giant blimp. Love it. On metal bending on like metal attack wires. on Titan style. Yeah. Oh my god, it kind of is like Attack on Titan. <laughs> Except I think slightly less cool. Attack on Titan, you see a lot more acrobatic stuff going on when they're flying around on the. Thingy. I don't know. They <laughs> yeah. are making the wires themselves. Come that's on. true. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So they're coming in on these wires. They're doing metal bending. So apparently, Cora tells years. us, "Oh wow, metal benders." Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, within those seventy years, Toph created her own police squad, like a total baller, and taught everybody yeah. how to metal bend. Yeah, metal bending is much more prominent here than the original show, obviously, which makes sense. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, they come in and they go and arrest the triple triad. And then they're also like, oh, also, Cora, you're under arrest, too. She's like, wait, what? I saved the day. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but look at all this property damage. That clock dude's going to have to, like, make a bajillion more clocks, which probably took him a really long time and a, a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. <laughs> so I she mean, tried- Business wasn't good for a gramophone guy. It yeah. is definitely not great for clock guy. 
clearly not. There's nobody on the streets right now. So <laughs> And no one in the shop. Yeah, no one in the shop. Yeah, so she tries to take off with Naga and then she eventually gets apprehended and is taken to the police headquarters where we uh, see what, like this um Which she should be. I like Yeah. I like that there were consequences for her actions. Uh-huh. Um, and I like how we are seeing the difference in like location causing differences in just general things. I mean, um, the gang before either like they were running in the woods, so like Ben's like wherever doesn't matter. Yeah. Or um, or they were like bending in. They're bending in places that didn't cause destruction of property other than fire nation people coming in and and like setting things on fire uh-huh. <laughs> i am sure that like someone messed something up oh yeah but but it wasn't this overt and bad <laughs> yeah so it's pretty bad yeah she gets <laughs> so she gets apprehended and we get the we get to see the police building and there's like this awesome statue of toff love it yeah um yeah so she's being interrogated by the chief of police turns out this is lynn Beifong, which is the daughter. love her yeah she's cool i, I like lynn, lynn a lot she's the daughter of toff and she's not having any of this from cora and <laughs> cora tries to play the i'm the avatar card for the first time does not work on miss lynn Beifong. <laughs> and then she and then she tries to play like the nepotism card. It's like, yeah. hey, so like my like my past life knew you knew like your mom. Your mom. So um <laughs> not gonna work. Yeah, which uh love it. Love I love it. how they aren't like, oh my god, Avatar, destroy everything. Thank you. Um, yeah. So Lynn's not taking any of her bullshit. So after card, it's not going to work today. Um, luckily, Cora gets saved by Tenzin. He finds out that Cora <laughs> is here and bails her out, basically. And I don't know. How do you feel about the tension between Tenzin and Lin? Fuck. <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't. He has a wife and a bunch of kids. But, like, should they? <laughs> like... Like um fan fiction, if like his like wife didn't exist, they seem very happy. But, yeah. but like I'm but like I'm just saying I didn't get Aang and Toph together because that didn't make sense. This no. makes sense. I like it. <laughs> yeah, th- these two have Yeah, they have some animosity towards each other. <laughs> yeah, and and that is the kind of relationships I like. I like <laughs> non-healthy, yeah. we hate each other relationships until they start liking each other. Because That's why you supported Sokka and uh, Azula as a ship. Yes, that is why I supported Sokka Azula as a ship. Because I'm garbage. Seriously, oh um, <laughs> though, I think that they that they work well together and i like how both of them are very strict but they're on opposite sides and how Mm -hmm. like tenzin tenzin had to try to be less strict yeah to like (laughs) like get what he wants like it is Mm -hmm. like politics versus like the police totally (laughs) which is which is cool it seemed 
it seems like when, whenever they they actually team up, things will be really, really efficient. Mm-hmm. They great. seem like the type to have a, a good work relationship, but like once it, once it's five o'clock, they're just they hate yeah. each other. I hate <laughs> you. Uh, yeah. We need that. I hate you, but also we are we are at like peak efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> We are yeah. running the city so well, but I hate you personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know how uh, how else to describe it, but when Cora leaves the interrogation room, Cora and Lynn both make like, yeah, I call them sucker faces. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I'm watching you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have yeah. seen that gift so many times. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That goes around a lot, does that is a meme. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So. I love. I sorry. I love the walls of this like containment place. Everything's made out of metal because uh-huh. they can control metal. Everyone's a metal bender. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Cora is talking to Tenzin. Tenzin is very mad like what are you doing here i told you to stay put yeah, <laughs> and of course like, have not- for, for all this property damage yeah what the hell and Corey's like but your mom said it was cool and jensen's like don't bring my mom into this oh and he turns red <laughs> yeah so i funny. i wrote that he has mommy issues <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but eventually tins and cracks and it's like fine well until we figure this out you can stay at air temple island and so he takes her to air temple island it looks really cool mm-hmm. it's just like this lone yeah i should point out it's kind of like ellis island because then you also have like the statue of liberty equivalent in the form of a statue of ang holding what appears to be like three balloons i don't know what's up with that uh, it is his staff um also um ang ang looks like a crisp 22 year old yeah uh, <laughs> that statue is too young <laughs> it just looks weird <laughs> yeah it, it's just if it was a statue of like uh, okay i am betting that like um zuko made that made that statue for ang because like they are bros forever uh just like they are the platonic love of love of each other's lives even though it shouldn't be Mm-hmm. totally be gay characters yeah. but it's fine um uh, but again it's cool that the air uh that Tenzin's family and any other additional air acolytes and stuff live apart from the rest of the city because i mean neat. they're still trying to continue that tradition of like the air nomads detaching themselves from the world so even though Tenzin kind of needs to be involved with what's going on because he's a council councilman uh ultimately he's still practicing it when not at work, so that's cool. Yeah, Tenzin seems... I don't know. We'll see. Tenzin seems to be pretty involved with politics. I don't think oh, yeah. that you could detach yourself from the no. world when no, you are I a think, politician. Totally not. But what I'm trying to say is, though, I think it's cool that, like... Aang, they have their own space. Yeah, like, and clearly have this in mind when they were designing Republic City that, like, yeah, let's put the Air Temple Island as an island, essentially. Yeah. So, I, are there different islands for for like different temples, different different I mean, bending areas? No, it's mainly just that one. 
at least in uh, Republic City context. That's like the one. Okay. Like Ellis Island. Yeah. I mean, so I am curious to see what the other air temples look like now, because I wonder if they are left vacant or or if um just like the just like the northern air air temple, people have repurposed the spaces, taken them over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, Western Air <laughs> Temple, please. Western Air <laughs> Temple's best temple. <laughs> yes, it is. Cool. So she gets to the island. Uh, Tenzin's kids are super ha- happy to see her. I love them. And the kids are like, oh, can we keep her, please? <laughs> Tenzin's like, no, she's got to go back. And then after much pleading, Tenzin's like, fine. <laughs> Everyone's happy. And then we cut to... Katara, Katara, oh my god. We cut to, <laughs> this is gonna be hard, <laughs> the show. Days. Uh, Cora is having like a press conference with everybody. Uh, like, before that, I just want, I just want to note that I almost teared up when, when I saw multiple little airbending kids flying oh, I know. on gliders. Mm-hmm. And so like, cool. it looked like the same glider Aang, Aang so had. Cool. It is just it's nice. Things yeah, like that are nice. I love it. Also, I do like the shot of um, while they're on their way there, Tenzin is like looking up at the statue of Aang. Uh, it's subtle, but to me, it tells me that he feels a lot of pressure because I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. <laughs> he is the last airbending master. At one time, he was the second airbender in the world. Yeah, <laughs> it was there was him and his dad, the Avatar. So yeah. he kind of didn't have a choice of what to do. He had, mm-hmm. well, everyone has, every, every, everyone has choices, but he kind of didn't have a choice whether to become a master or not. Yeah. If he wasn't, it would have caused a lot of issues for him. Hmm. Definitely. So. Yeah, and then we cut to Korra giving a press conference, <laughs> announcing herself as the Avatar and uh, how she's going to try to help out Republic City and not cause any collateral damage. Yeah, there's a radio, there's microphones, it's cool, there's reporters, yeah, very 1920s. And yeah, she's excited to help keep the balance. And then, yeah, we cut to the radio that's being listened to by one of the shady equalist people and yeah dude's like how do you want to proceed sir <laughs> yeah aman what do we do yeah and cut to this other guy wearing this cool mask with and a hood and stuff and he's just like we shall see i don't remember what he said exactly oh, no. <laughs> we like have that. to accelerate oh yeah um, yeah. yeah no the, the avatar came 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 here early i guess we have to accelerate our plans um which yeah spooky um mm-hmm. i like how all of his minions look like they are in bioshock infinite <laughs> yeah <laughs> or just bioshock in general yeah or fallout <laughs> new vegas like uh-huh. it's very it's very like this is what the past future is. Uh-huh. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of getting like some the green goggles movies. are so cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
like scuba diver vibe combined with yeah bioshock um, yeah i can see that uh, and that's I, the episode yeah um i really liked this episode i like how how um um you learn not only who um who um cora is instantaneously but you learn so much about tenzin too so so like tenzin is really trying to protect the balance protect ang's ang's legacy uh and, and like that legacy is is like both the city and Korra at the same time mm-hmm. and you really get to see him as a person and you and you and you really get to see what he is all what he is all about you get to learn more about um chief Feng, uh who um yet again is just introduced so well and you learn so much about her just from her first in- her first introduction what 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 when she says cut the garbage tenzin which like what it sh- what like she would have said if this wasn't a kid show is just cut the crap tenzin <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it yep. it is really well done and you and like before but before you told me that this was supposed to be a mini series like like i didn't really think about this but the pacing of it is perfect for a for a mini series i am getting a lot of information quickly there is zero chaff um it is it is all go 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 in a really succinct way that that like doesn't feel rushed and it's really well put together and i really like it so far so i am yeah so i am very optimistic about uh, about what is to come later and just like as a final aside uh i really really like how the ending credit slide is now water nation themed right yeah instead of like air nation themed or Mm -hmm. just like air nation colors it's it's just nice nice touch yeah um i like this episode too i loved it i mean i was already hyped about it when it first aired it's interesting because i mean this episode aired at the same time as the second episode so i guess we should have done a double feature but whatever but um yeah i was like all in after two episodes i'm like yep you bet cora let's go um so yeah, I think it's a good introduction to a lot of our characters and Republic City, minus the lack of people. <laughs> yeah, um, they could have just had like back alleys. Yeah, or just like I don't the know. The park yeah. was fine. Or just have it take place at night. <laughs> the park had more people than the city. Oh, maybe that's where the budget went. They used up all their budget on for like, the, the homeless man in the park. <laughs> yeah, on the bush. Yeah, the yeah the sparkly bush. Oh, I love it. Mm, yeah, but I like how they. I, I do like how the showrunners immediately differentiate between the two shows and between our two main characters. I mean, from AKA Ang versus Katara. Totally. Oh my god, I did it again. Ang, <laughs> Ang versus, Ang versus Katara. Katara. Yeah, <laughs> Ang versus Cora. Totally different people. They stand on their own. I, I mean, yes, I find myself comparing Cora to Ang, but only because the personalities are like completely opposite. 
not because of really like, yeah. I don't like this character because blah 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 but I think I think that the balance but between this is its own thing and also this is this is a sequel to a show you really liked is really well done here where um where it is giving me enough stuff from the previous show but it's not rehashing anything everything is either like subtle nods or just like visual visual cues um or it's super new and i like that um it it doesn't feel like a like like a fan like a fan fiction where like this is this is the second avatar we are just going to read we're just going to retell the first story but now it's a girl you, yeah. you know right <laughs> cool so, thing. well i'm glad that you're enjoying it so far and i mean i know this is i guess kind of the honeymoon phase since we're only on episode we'll one we'll see yeah, <laughs> we shall see shall shan't we yeah. <laughs> so join us next time when we talk about book one chapter two a leaf in the wind oh, so exciting yeah so until then stay flaming <laughs>